welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Let's get it going today, boys and girls. Welcome on in to the show. The Sports Buffoon Clan is all here, the full Buffoon Clan. This is Mike Settle. We have Jason JG and Tanner Dawson. What's up, fellas? What's going on, man? Uh, well, we got a late start today. That's what's going on. So those of you out there, if you're watching from our video feed, I'm wearing a sombrero right now because uh, I had a margarita earlier, and then we've had a very sobering technical if, uh, difficulties going on. It's been a heck of a time, I tell you, today with uh, trying to get a decent, better computer in this area. <laughs> uh, Jason, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, it's, it's always great sometimes. Sometimes you need that sobering experience to get your life straightened out, so I can appreciate that. It's, it's a very yeah. sobering uh, last hour or two we've had here, getting our computer system back up and going. But uh, with all that aside, uh, not to get too negative with you guys, but um, so just to kind of jump right in, uh, what are you guys sipping on? Sipping on? I don't got nothing in front of me. I've been too busy with this uh, computer stuff. I forgot to get myself a drink. Yeah, I'm just going with the usual here, Crown Vanilla. Nice, nice way to go. I like it. I got a little bubbly going on, but uh, something light to keep me uh, at least active and not falling asleep over here. But so with all that said, you guys, uh, do you guys see the news about Tiger Woods? Um, the car accident, obviously. They mentioned something about the Jaws of Life. I don't know if that was actually used. Uh, but it sounded like a pretty horrific car injury. It was a single car crash with Tiger Woods. And according to the uh, L.A. Sheriff, there was no alcohol found, uh, at least that they know of at this point. Um, so it just seems like a kind of a weird fluke incident where he just kind of went off the road. And apparently that part of the road is well known for being uh, well known for having a lot of high accidents. Yeah, great. So it is confirmed that he was not drunk, just so everybody can get that off their chest. It was an actual incident. So on ESPN Radio today uh, with Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin, uh, there was a reporter that came on the show, kind of explained it. I guess that's part of, like, if you're going down the hill where he was going, you tend to speed and not really realize it, but it's a sharper curve than it needs to be. So this is purely an accident. It's really unfortunate, and he was not drunk at all. So. Yeah, I mean... They, they found out, or they, they think that he wasn't under the influence. I just wonder if it was a scenario like that played out when he fell asleep in the car that one time. I guess he was taking his prescription drugs. And so I wonder if that's something that uh, that he could have been on at the time. But Some mind-altering drugs, potentially? Yeah, possibly. I mean, we don't want to speculate here. But the main thing is our, our thoughts go out to Tiger and his family through this uh, difficult time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have emergency surgery. Uh, because he had uh, bones, uh, his lower leg bones were broken in multiple places. So, um, I don't know, yeah, thoughts go out to Tiger, and uh, just glad that he's alive. That's the most important thing. But at some point, we do need to start thinking about, you know, everybody's going to speculate, you know, is is he going to be able to make a comeback? And this kind of reminds me of the, the Alex Smith injury because Alex Smith, I mean, even though it wasn't a car wreck, he did have his uh, leg bones broken in multiple places mm-hmm. to the point where it came through the skin. So this is a very similar situation. And, um, you know, my, my first thought on this is that 
you know, Tiger's going to try to come back because Tiger is a competitor and one of the greatest competitors that we've ever seen in any sport. And, you know, he's won 15 majors and he's, he's got to, he's got to get three more majors to pass Jack Nicklaus. Don't think that's going to happen at this point, but he is number one all time. He's tied with Sam Snead, number one all time and the most PGA tour wins with 82. And so to me, I mean, that fact alone should tell you that Tiger will do whatever it takes to come back to get that extra win. I mean, he doesn't want to be tied with anybody. I mean, no, because he's not at all. He's a competitor. So, um, you know, if that's that, if that's what he decides to do, then I wish him the best. And obviously the golf and the sports world would love to see him back um, whenever he gets fully healed. Why wouldn't you want to see him back, right? I mean, how great of a comeback would that be? So my question is, Jason, you like to compare him just now to Alex Smith. So then what do you think? Alex Smith took about a year and a half, two years to become, come back fully healthy, ready to play football again. Now, golf is a totally different sport. And it, considering the injuries appear to be similar, at least, uh, based on what we know so far, what do you think the length of time could be for Woods to get back on the golf course? I mean, I think it could probably be two to three years, but I mean, it, it should be, you would think it might be less than it took uh, Alex Smith to come back. I mean, golf is not as physically demanding as playing quarterback in the NFL. So, I That's mean, correct. I could see him coming back in a couple of years. I mean, it. I, I know it seems kind of early to speculate, but like I said, as a sports fan, I know there's obviously a lot of Tiger Woods haters out there but uh, I'm not one of them, and I, I certainly want to see him back. I mean, the sport, I think the sport needs him. Now, so this, I mean, the, when you hear leg injuries, right, serious leg injuries, that kind of worries you because golf, yes, it's not a physical sport by any means, but it is a very lower body, hip rotation, back mentality, right, has that with it. So you got to think, can he do what he did before? Can he actually put the right motions into the ocean? I mean, I learned everything I know yeah, about golf work. from Happy Gilmore. So it's I, just all re- in the I remember, hips, baby. I remember saying it's all in the hips. Well, what's, it's all in the hips. What's the reason with the hips, right? So it all depends how what he comes out, it, what comes out of this, right? We need more on the injury to really make that, you know, that comeback story happen, right? So it's, I mean, this could be, this could just be life changing for him too with the major leg surgeries and it's multiple parts in his legs. It's just a scary part of this. Yeah, and when I when I look at the Alex Smith injury, I mean, to me, it's a miracle that he's even playing right now. You know, where, whereas with Tiger Woods, I mean, we're glad that he su- survived, obviously, but it wouldn't be as big of a miracle to me if we saw Tiger back on the golf course because it's, like I said, it's not as a not a physically demanding sport, and also you got the fact that if it it turns out to be like a, a pain management issue of some sort. Well, he's already been, he's already got that taken care of. He's been dealing with his, his back, his back forever. issues for years. So if it, if it turns out just to be a pain management issue, I mean, I'll, I'll say all day long, he'll be back and I think he'll be effective. And, you know, as, as I could say, probably for all of us, we, we just hope for the best in this one. Yeah. We'll pay attention to it as time goes on and see how the surgery goes and all that going forward. But I'd like to see him get back out there. Obviously he is someone who, uh, brought the sport to a lot of light uh, as far as his abilities. So he kind of yeah. helped revive golf, I think, in a lot of ways a few years, you know, 15, 20 years ago. 
when he was really at the top of his game the first time around. And it's still exciting to go watch him, right? He draws oh, yeah. crowds. So. He is the number one name it's in all of golf, of course. Yeah, he's about the only one that draws crowds, actually. <laughs> in today's, uh, today's their world. Ratings, their ratings would probably tank without, if you didn't have Tiger Woods. We'll see how I think that works out in the next They've year, had years so. without him before in the past. and I don't know what the ratings were, but I can't remember anything about those, I, I those years. I'm sure people forgot how to spell golf. That's how the, <laughs> that's how the ratings were back then. Well, we'll see how the things go here in the next year or two with golf without Tiger Woods. Um, so from then on, though, let's switch over to another sport with a ball and a bat. And so we, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres, uh, the shortstop over there, got a huge contract recently in the huge. past couple of days. 14 years, $340 million contract at 22 years old. The guy looks like a superstar in the making, absolutely. Uh, I love his athletic ability. The guy's fast, powerful, athletic, just an incredible player. He's only played 143 games so far in his career but he's had 39 bombs with a 301 batting average. This is actually the third richest contract in MLB history, only behind, I believe, uh, was it Mike Trout and Mookie Betts might have been ahead of him. Sounds about right. Um, I think those are the two, but ahead of him, Mike Trout made $426 million on his deal he made. Um, so Tatis getting $340 million, uh, still pretty amazing. The guy's going to be set for life. Um, so about this player here, this is a guy I know, Tanner, you mentioned to him to me uh, a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact. I'm pretty sure I, I talked to him about him last year. It yeah. was on my solos, too. You, you did. I, I like him quite a bit, and I've watched him play, and he's got a big future in, the, in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And with those kind of things rolling around and seeing major contracts like that, uh, he didn't quite reach the Mahomes contract of $500 million, but uh, with, when it comes to MLB money, all that's guaranteed, so... I think that guy is going to be pretty happy. So what are your thoughts, Jason, on Fernando Tatis Jr.? Yeah, you got to love this guy. Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando. Totally love this guy. I mean, and I think the Padres are going to get their money's mm-hmm. worth. I mean, you're going with a small sample size. I mean, last year he only batted 277, but he only played 59 games. And then the year before that he batted 317, and that was his age 20 season batted 317 in 84 games. So if you look at the average salary per year, it's only $24 million. And I think if he actually makes it through those 14 years, I mean, that he'll be making a lot more than $24 million a year. But right now that seems like chump change uh, if we all believe that he's the talent that we think he is. And I, I'm totally on board with this guy. And it's, it's like we always say with baseball, when you don't have a salary cap, who cares? I mean, you just you, you do the deal. If you believe in a guy, then you sign him to a long-term deal no matter what. And if, if something happens and if it fails, you just cut bait with it. You know, there's no salary caps. So you don't have to worry about it. So the cool thing about this, right, so even the Padres owner was like, there's nothing we can't do, right? So, yeah, you out and get your guy. You go out and get your guy. And Fernando Tatis, you sign him up, you get him uh, that extension, lifetime deal. I mean, it's pretty much a lifetime deal. It's like Carlos Stanton. Uh, with uh, that's with the Yankees now, but when he was with the Marlins, home run guy, mm-hmm. and then he got his uh, got his deal, got traded to the Yankees, and still in contention for a playoff. Do you think he's like potentially the next Bryce Harper talent was? I I think he's better than Bryce Harper. I remember when Harper already. when Harper was I'm coming to the MLB and. As a rookie, the guy was amazing, and like the guy was, like he's, yeah, he's, he's cocky, but because he knew he was good. He's great. He's good. Like, but I think I don't know. I've never been a big Bryce Harper guy, so just so you guys know, I'm I'm not a big fan of his. 
but he plays hard and he plays well, when he, especially when he's actually on it. Fernando Tatis, this guy's just here to have fun and win games. So last year, the reason we talked about him last year is this guy was the one that hit uh, Grant Slam on ball, basically ball four. Or it should have been a 3-0. That is true. Count, right? So he I got a that. lot of hate last year on this. And then they, he did it again. So go right? to the unwritten rule. This no, guy, screw that. We're playing Major League Baseball. third base. <laughs> When they're down like six runs, right? So there was more hate on this guy. This guy sit here and just trying to play hard, play his best, and have some fun in baseball. And that's what that's why the Padres team is also one of my favorites to win this year. Mm-hmm. They're my favorites last year, but now that they're really gearing up with the pitching, I'm excited. But that's a different topic. Renato Tatis, guys. This guy's for real. This guy's gonna be around a long time, and he wants a statue in San Diego. So hopefully he can get his wish on that one. Yeah. Did he, did he say he wanted a statue? He wants a statue. He wants a statue at some point. Right. He wants a statue with one team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it's interesting that you're comparing him to Bryce Harper because there are already those out there that are calling him the uh, Patrick Mahomes of Major League Baseball nah. and the LeBron James of Major League Baseball. Nah. So do you guys are you guys on board with that, or is it too early? Does he nah. have that potential? Because, I, I mean – I think, I mean, he's, I don't consider, like, we all know that Mike Trout is a superstar, but he's not, nobody really considers him like the face of the league. And so when we compare guys to LeBron and Pat Mahomes, we're talking about the face of the league. And so I don't think that's Mike Trout right now. No, it is Mike Trout. Mike Trout is the face of the league. Fernando Tatis has potential, right? It's like we're talking in the NBA. People have potential to be the face of the league, but they're not. You know why? Because there's always that one guy that dominates the sport, and that guy is Mike Trout right now. I'm just saying that Tatis has the potential because of his personality yeah. to sell a lot more jerseys than Mike Trout sells. That's, that's very that's, that's very possible, right? Yeah. If yeah, he gets I mean, some more hate. You know, Mike Trout, he's just not a flashy guy. And no. So that's why I don't really think of him as the face of his le- as the face of the league, even though his stats are there. No, stats but are he just like he just kind of has like a mellow personality that doesn't really. Yeah. The guy, I mean, the guy has fun, but he's an all-around like great all around. ball player. Really, I mean, he does everything well. Oh my god, there's really no flaws he, he, in his game. Literally increase the stats every year. Yeah, there's no flaws. Like I'm looking him over right now as we speak. Actually, even in a shortened season, he had 17 home runs, and the year before at 45. But if you look at his batting average as well for a career, he's at 304. Mm-hmm which is great. But then if you look at him in base stealing, I mean, the guy's consistently getting base on, base on balls as well as stealing bases. So the guy's just an all-around great player. Look, there's there's another guy on the team, right? So they signed, uh, I think it was last year or two years ago, uh, Manny Machado. Manny Machado. All right? This guy was from the Orioles, got his huge deal. I'm pretty sure it was a 10-year deal by San Diego. This guy, and then he just stunk. The guy stunk. Right? This is not going to be the same thing as a Manny. This guy is going to come out and he's going to play hard and he's going to get, you know, the unwritten rules or whatever baseball. He's going to, he's going to be hated on that. It's going to be great. Why don't I'm you excited. give me another example on that team of a guy that they signed that, that kind of sucks? Uh, you mean Eric Cosmer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's your example. We're going to be, are we hating on Haas now all of a sudden? What's I've the deal with that? I've always hated on Haas. What? Who? What? Even when he was with the Royals. Why? He was like the least favorite of my Royal, man. That's just weird. Because the guy came around at some point. He was always late on the swing. We know he had some issues with his timing, but like he, I think he figured it out. He came it came through in big moments, right? It was overhyped, but it was a perfect came through a big moments for the Royals. That's what I mean. Like that's all I ago. that's all I care like, about. It was the right five years ago. It was the right. That was six years <laughs> six years ago. 
it was the right fit at the right time. Let's just say that. But did he go out and get his deal? He got his deal. He got his money. He's got his you know extension. Great, good job, Hosmer. But this guy, Fernando Tatis, guys, he's expect him to make some noise this year. I just think that baseball needs a, a flashy guy like this because we do. said that Mike Trout is not a flashy guy. So LeBron, Patrick Mahomes. Those guys, you know, those are sexy names that we talk about every day in sports. Baseball doesn't really have that, and they need that more than any of the sports because baseball has been on the decline from a standpoint of ratings. And so they need to get a flashy guy out there that's going to put up numbers and, mm-hmm. and draw in some more fans. Yeah, no, and, but they need results, right? What? How, does, how do we get fans, guys? How do we get fans? Bombs. Fans want to see bombs. Okay. And then how? what does bombs turn into? Uh, lots of runs. Lots of wins, guys. You got to win. You well, got to win to get you, the You win audience. with pitching, Tanner. You know that better you than anybody. You got to win, baby. It doesn't matter who wins the game. You need good pitching to win. We should yeah. all know that. Yeah, and if you've seen their transactions this year, uh, they, they're loaded if, up on If pitching, they got the dude. pitching. I don't know, the Padres were up. great last year. so it's no, not they're the, loaded up this year. I'm excited. I think I think that's a team to watch so, as the season rolls around. Yes, deserves the contract. I'm excited for him, and I'm super excited for the Padres to really ba- – uh, take this year and take it to the Dodgers. Yeah. Well, we just wanted to give him a little shout out there for a few minutes. But uh, so you guys, since we jacked around for so long, I started getting in a bad mood for a minute. But so I started to think about my least favorite beers uh, of all time. And so I was sitting here thinking, as I, we always like to talk about some of our favorite things we like to go do around town. We like to go to certain cities. We like to drink certain things, eat certain things. You guys talk about your favorite tacos all the time. And so I was thinking to myself while I'm sitting here pouting for the technical difficulties we had. So what is your – I'm going to go with Jason first, your bottom three beers of all time that all suck. Yeah, I just – I couldn't really think of three of them, so I just went uh, with my first one. I went with the old uh, Copperhead, the Free State Copperhead. Free State Copperhead, yeah. uh, Pale Ale. Yeah. It just didn't really do a whole lot for me. I was disgusted that I, I think spent the money on it. That's technically called an alt beer. I don't really know what that means it's either. An it's, an, it's an alt okay. beer is what they call that's it. That's probably so. why I didn't like it. Yeah, I but don't. I, do, I like alt music, though, so that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, well, when it comes to beer, I don't know what they mean by alt on that. They make it, they're trying to get fancy. All right, so my number two <laughs> beer on this list that I hate is PBR. I Ooh. guarantee you that Tanner was not expecting me to say that. I am not expecting you, man. Yeah, PBR hater doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I don't. I, don't I mean, it's not supposed to. It's basically a party beer. So you go out, you go to. You it's know, cheap. Yeah, it's cheap. You go out to I, concert series and stuff. You don't go out and buy the ten dollar IPA. You go out and get the two fifty uh, PBR because you want something in your hand to drink to buy you time. Okay, but I already have my cheap party beer in natural light. Otherwise known as Natty Light. Yeah, that's but, my favorite. Cheap but but party when beer. it's only PBR, Bud Light, and then a ten dollar IPA, you're gonna go PBR. All right. Well, anyway, I think it sucks. But my number one least favorite beer of all time. You guys know that I am an Imperial Stout guy. That is my mm-hmm. favorite type of beer. And one time I tried something called Old Rasputin, and I literally almost oh, threw up in my mouth. It was so disgusting, and I'm a guy that really loves stouts. I, I, I rarely find a stout that I do not like. Weren't we with him in this one? Or no? Uh, was this not one we I were? think he was trying it on his own somewhere. Or maybe maybe, maybe he was yeah. on our chat. Okay. Yeah. I just remember, I remember Old Rasputin. He, he talked about it, and he hated it. 
so that much. Was great. And oh. it, for a high ABV Imperial Stout, to hear him hate it, that's yeah. very surprising. And he drinks anything. So. Yeah, so what they do is they, <laughs> they lure you in. They say, oh, this is an Imperial Stout, which we all know that if you buy an Imperial Stout, you might pay 10 bucks a bottle. Old Rasputin's only $1.99. So they lured me in with the price, and then I, like I said, I almost threw up in my mouth. And it's like, what, 10 or 11%? Is that right? Oh, it's like 9 or 10. Okay. It's not even that high of ABV. It's just like... Maybe eight or nine. Well, we have listeners out there that think nine or ten would kill them. So. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, Tanner, what are your That's least favorites? So, real quick, guys. Uh, I don't... I don't... You can have some hate in your body. It's okay to no, let it out. I, I, here's the thing. I don't remember my hated beer. Because why? I mean? forget about it. Oh, no. I got one for you. I mean, you had Bud Light Platinum. Oh, all right. Put yeah, that on no, the list I, for I Tanner. I pass on that one, man. Ooh, I forgot about that. I can that. pass on yeah, that. Yeah, the, the blue bottle. The blue bottle. Okay, Bud Light I take Platinum. it back, Free State. Please don't hate Bud me. <laughs> I take it back, Free State. I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put that Bud Light. That was pretty nasty. That was gross. But that was like that was ten years ago when I tried that. It's still out. It's that. still in stores. They still sell the crap. Somehow it's still there. How have, they, how have they not been sued yet? I mean, that's oh, horrible. Man, it's rough. It's uh, yeah, that was a long night and day. I want to know um, who the people are that are buying that. Crap. Well, that's so yeah, how do they keep so that I, out there? So I really don't remember a lot of beer I drink that I hated because usually I just forget about it and not ever wear that again yeah i get you um but i do want to give you the top three worst beer in the world according to ratebeer.com um that's natty light with a 1.08 score milwaukee's best premium with a 1.11 and natural ice which is 1.12 um i've had the first two and that is not the worst beers in the world i've never had milwaukee no not at all so michelob ultra is number seven Um, oh it's not that bad it was just weird, right? This is kind of crazy. I'm just looking at this list. Keystone. Well, Natty Light, I told you like, that was my favorite cheap beer. So it's literally that. It's the worst of all time on the somehow. It's a, number, I still think it's better than PBR. Yeah, where's, where's PBR? I don't know. It was number two. Go back to that number, number two. Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's best. best premium, baby. So their premium beer is number two on this list. That's interesting. Why? It's just a word. Premium is just a word. It doesn't matter. That's like the old. Like, no, that's false. That's Milwaukee too, man. Well, all the beer falls is false advertising. They're all trying to get a buck you know, in this there. Is, this is this is the kind of beer you get at sport concert events. All that you know, the stuff that I've never seen Milwaukee's best at a, uh, at a show. That's mainly uh, Milwaukee. Like, yeah, the only time I've seen Milwaukee's best is at that. Uh, Bring your own beer strip club out in Lawrence. Oh so yeah, I've seen Milwaukee's best. Let's see, what's that one called again? The one in Spring Hills, Benita Flats. Yeah, what's no, that one? In, in, the no, one in Lawrence. What's that one, one in Lawrence, Lawrence, Tanner? The what? The B Y O B strip club. A strip club. <laughs> the outhouse. That's the outhouse, <laughs> Tanner. <laughs> yeah, that's Tanner the place I've never actually seen a person drink Milwaukee's best. <laughs> yeah. Which is why you I never tried it. Walk in with a cooler. And Tanner made friends there. He got his ass beat mm-hmm. one time in there, but not by who you think it would be. Yeah, it was rough. So that was that was that was fun out there. That was rough. All right, Tanner, was that your list or what are you doing? Yeah, man, that's my list. All right, I have I'm three of my own as I thought about it. And so, oh, speaking of which, what? Sam Adams. How about the Sam Adams cherry? Uh, oh, the Shannon cherry wheat. The cherry wheat, wheat Sam Adams is like pretty horrible. It's practically yeah, I agree. Syrup. That right, one so, is horrible. So there you go. That's the one I remember. Thanks, Shannon. Okay. Yep. That is that one is disgusting. Uh, for my list, I, I, I wrote down on here Bud Light, but Bud Light Platinum takes the cake for sure. I just, I'm not a Bud Light fl- fan. I don't like Bud Light or Miller Light. I, if I'm going to go domestic, I like Coors. That's just always been my deal. And so does Pat Mahomes. So we both like same things like ketchup on our steak. And so after that, I got on my list, Tanner's going to hate me for this one. Corona 
No, I cannot man, stand virus. Corona. Can't you? Can't you just enjoy? Cannot, nice corona I, I hate Corona. It's skunky night. and it's just it's not even with a lime. It's just not appealing to me. And I don't mind Mexican beers. Some of them are decent, but huh. Dos Equis is good. Uh, but Corona is not going to be one for me to ever be sitting down having a sip of. Uh, and then from there, I have a kind of a weird one on my list. It's going to surprise people, but I'm going to say it. This is Blue Moon when the lines are dirty in the tap. So if you go to <laughs> shitty little bars where they never clean the lines, Blue Moons are disgusting. Those are the worst. The because worst. Because Blue Moons themselves with that Belgian style of, of yeast that they use in those beers, it'll jack up the flavors and it becomes this nasty, disgusting That's thing. That's very true. Meanwhile, on the flip script of that, Blue Moon, when it does have a clean line or if it's a fresh beer, is top 10 in my book. I think it's a top 10 beer uh, just for taste and quality. Okay, but what if it's in a bottle and it's only 3.8% like that brand <laughs> oh, yeah. that you We're not going by percents here. I think it was from Oklahoma or something like that. Come on, Jason. Yeah, it might gross? It's not the same, but it's also not horrible. But <laughs> I've had a, I had one night one time, Tanner, where I got home before I think you came over one time way back in the day, and I bought myself a 12-pack of Blue Moons. And I'm sitting there waiting for you to get off work so we can hang out and me and the, the you know the old wife or whatever and all the other friends. <laughs> and then I sit there alone and I'm bored. So I start chugging blue moons sitting oh, there in my living room. I'm eight I'm eight blue moons in at you know, twenty one years old. And you guys finally show up and I don't even know where I'm at anymore. No. And we we, we start doing all kinds was, of weird stuff. Was so. that the night you broke your tailbone almost? Uh, I don't remember. I remember walking around, throwing something into the pool at the apartment complex. Yeah, yeah, something okay. I cannot speak I'm, of. I'm pretty sure it's one of those nights. So. Uh, I can't remember what all happened, though. Do you like it with the orange slice? The yeah, moons? Blue Moon okay. with an orange is great. All I mean is Blue Moon when it's got a bad tap line at a shitty Look, bar. We beer, all know we were talking about. Any beer's about. like that, right? I had a but Blue Moon's Maniac like that. More reactive a, towards uh, it. Boulevard Nutcracker Ale, dude. Oh, yeah. From a ba- from a bar that's usually solid, right? Yeah. And it was a bad line, and mm-hmm. you could taste it. Mm-hmm. It was all sourish, and I was like, and Tank 7's nah, are the same way. If you have, yep, a, if you have you a bad go. Tank 7 line, then that beer is ruined. Look, tank 7 is nasty at that point. If you're an owner of a restaurant right Clean your damn lines, bar people. This is ridiculous. Yep, Exactly. All right. Well, now that we're done goofing around, let me go ahead and crack open a. a uh, well, I'm gonna be a little fruity today. I got a Bud Light lemonade seltzer because I wanted to be a low carbohydrate person. Um, so that's my drink for the moment. So Tanner and, and Jason, let's move on to a little bit of an NBA topic for a minute here. Um, I know you've been itching and dying to want to talk about some things on your mind, Jason, about the NBA. The Nets are on a seven-game win streak, as a matter of fact, which is awesome. I mean, they're, they're rolling around. They're getting back to where they need to be. Um, but first and foremost, did you want to talk about the All-Star stubs, or do you have something else in mind? Yeah, we can go there. Um, I've got a list here of uh, guys that got snubbed from the All-Star game. Now, keep in mind, there's, there's only 24 total players. So you got two 12-men rosters. So somebody is always going to be on the outside looking in. But I just want to go through this list of guys that got snubbed here, throw out a few stats, and see if you guys think that that they should have been in. So the first guy is uh, a guy that we talked about last week in depth on this show. That's Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. Now, he's shooting 50% from the field, so that's basically the same as LeBron James. And he's averaging 25, 4, and 4. The problem with Devin Booker is that he's got uh, CP3 on his team this year, stealing a little bit of his thunder. So his stats have taken a little bit of a hit. But with that stat line, I mean, 
there's a couple of guys that that probably should not be on the all-star team that Devin Booker could have taken their place. Uh, I'll just throw out a random guy like Rudy Gobert. Okay. I don't know. No, Ru- Rudy's fair. I'm okay with Rudy being on there. You can throw out a how, few guys. Like, like, how about that Paul George guy? Yeah, but he was really strong though. Like, he was playing at an MVP level at the beginning uh, of the year, so he dropped off a little bit. But his stats are still on par as like, being an all-star. But, but you're talking about like Paul George versus Devin Booker. Like, you can't tell me that there's a like you would take. Paul George over that guy. Come right, on. but that's that's not how they decide all-star games, Tanner. Uh, they decide the so. all-star game by, well, first of all, who does LeBron want to draft on his team? But yeah. second of all, it's it's how how good are you playing now? So it, they don't care what your name is. They're, they should go by the stats, and they do go by the stats of how well that you're playing up to that point in the season. Yeah, and just, uh, just a quick thought on – so. Devin Booker is replacing Anthony Davis in the All-Star game. So he is getting to play, but it's a shame that he did not get right. picked. Right, he still got Marshall. snubbed. That's the point. Yes, that's big. the big point of it all. So, uh, Mike, do you have any thoughts on Devin Booker? Um, he's actually number one on my list as far as uh, All-Star snubs for sure. Uh, I just think that, I mean, I don't know. You look at the numbers over there, and it makes the most sense for me that he should have been in. My other guy I have, though, was Jimmy Butler. Uh, that's Tanner's guy, one of his favorite players ever, I apparently. Like um, I just think that those are the two guys, but I don't know who I also I would remove from the All-Star team either. So that's the problem. We have snubs, but it's like, okay, you got to remove one to add one in. And so to compare someone like Devin Booker, who are you going to take away? That would be my question. Yeah, that's very true. Who would you take away, right? So, well, I, you know, like I said, I'm not a big fan of the Paul George being in there, but Jason's not a fan of Rudy Gobert being in there. There's, yeah, I mean, there's a handful but, of guys. But you're also, what, what are they now for standings for the Jazz? Like, you, you got to get Mitchell and Gobert in there. And let's keep in when mind, you Go, got, Rudy Gobert's in. He's not going to win MVP, but he's in the, the they, talk right now. They've for lost it. one game since we talked last Wednesday. Yeah. One game. Yeah. And they got the uh, Lakers tonight, starting right now. So, like, why, why, why take Rudy Gobert away? Right, and Rudy Gobert's got a 640 field goal percentage as well, so let's keep that in mind. That's that's pretty tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really tough, too, in the Western Conference. It's a little bit easier in the, in the Eastern Conference to take guys off and put other guys on. But honestly, uh, you know, I'm looking at the West roster right now. Uh, Chris Paul. You rather have Chris Paul than Devin Booker? Yeah, Would you no. rather have, uh, I mean, I guess Zion Williamson is a big name. He's been hot, but, but like you said, he's been hot lately, right? He's been in the he's been in the the news, the highlights, and they've been they've been pushing and winning. So it's it's yeah. tough. I mean, I'd probably take CP3 or Rudy Gobert off if we're just talking about the West. Yeah, on the West. And I throw Devin Booker on there. He's better. He's better than those. Yes. Guys. He, he, all right, I'll give you that. He is better than those guys. So moving on to the next guy, this is interesting for me because I've got him on my fantasy team. Okay. And he's actually, if you're in a nine-category league, he is number 11 in fantasy. So I already said, well, there's only 24 All-Stars. If this guy is number 11 in fantasy, who do you think I'm talking about? Number 11 in fantasy of All-Stars? Okay, we're going with Chris Middleton. Oh. Who is another guy has the exact same field goal percentage as LeBron James. Okay, so that's that's the measuring stick. In the NBA is LeBron James shooting 50% from the field, uh, 90% from the free throw line. He's averaging 26 and 6. 
I guess the biggest issue for him is that he's got Giannis on his team. So that's obviously going to take away a few looks. But from a pure fantasy perspective, if he's number 11 in the league, uh, that's honestly a worse snub than than Devin Booker. You're, if you're just going by numbers, yeah, you're, you're he should be on, on the All-Star team before Devin Booker, even though they're different conferences. And this is the issue with like an NBA All-Star game, right? So we have all these great players that should be All-Stars, but you can't play all of them. You can't play all of them. But, yeah, Middleton should have been on that team, considering where he is at this point in the season. Okay, so, Mike, let's just go through the East real quick. Here's okay. a few guys that you might want to take off and put Chris Middleton on if you're in the Eastern Conference. You could take off Julius Randle, mm-hmm. Zach Levine. Uh, I don't want to take Jalen Brown off. No, like no, no, you keep Jalen on. And uh, I can't take my boy Nikola Vucevic off because <laughs> I just talked him up big league last year, <laughs> last, last week. Um, ben Simmons, I mean, maybe. But there's at least three guys that you can. I wouldn't you, take Simmons. You wouldn't take him off. But Levine and uh, um, who was the first guy you mentioned? Zach Levine and Julius Randle. Yes, those two. Young. There's no way in hell they should be on there and no. have Chris Middleton off the team. Why? Yeah. Why is Middleton not even on there? Small market team. I mean, it go, uh, we always talk about it on the show. Nobody cares about small Disappointing. markets. But yet you're going to put a guy on the New York Knicks on there just because they want to have a New York Knicker. Because you have to have team. one. No, you don't no, have to have one. You don't have to have that. All right. So, who who would you take off, Mike? Uh, take off Julius Randle. None of those guys. I like all of them. You like all of them. Okay. Although no, but I got to I got to be honest. When I look at Middleton, I mean I, he probably should be involved there, but especially from his shooting percentage this year, has gone way up from what he normally does. So with the way he's playing in that regard, I think is very impressive and. Three-point percentage, he's at a 4-3-4, and that's pretty great. That's actually the best he's done in his career to this point, so yeah. let's keep that in mind. Um, but, is it, I mean, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Pro Bowl, where some names are just going to be put over uh, talent at times. And so we're, just, we're seeing that with a couple positions, probably. All right, so i got a couple more guys that are not putting up quite as good numbers, but a lot of people out there do feel like they got snubbed. Uh, one of them is going to be Mike Conley from the Utah Jazz. Now, the Jazz already have two players in the All-Star team, so Correct. that's one of the main reasons why he didn't make it. He's shooting 44% from the field as a point guard, averaging 16-3-5. and five. Um, Biggest thing is, like I said, they've already got two All-Stars from the Jazz, and Utah Jazz just are not a sexy team, and so why in the hell would you want to have three Utah Jazz players in the All-Star no, game? No, you wouldn't have three players, right? You already got your guy Rudy. You already got your guy Donovan. Like, you unfortunately can't have three. Now, you're going to have to be one stellar team to have three, but you are, like, only six losses. It's hard not to include Conley just how well that team's been playing. But as a performance, solo performance-based, there are better players than Conley right now. All right, so here's an example of a, a guy that's he just plays for a, an awful team, and but that shouldn't matter. The only thing that matters is your stats. So Trey Young, 43% from the field, averaging 27, 4, and 9. Uh, but like I said, his team sucks, and I think that's the main reason why you wouldn't put a guy like him on the All-Star team. But like we said, there's no way in hell you're going to pick a guy like Julius Randle ahead of Trey Young on the All-Star team. It just doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. Right now, so 
Atlanta Hawks tonight just beat the Celtics 127-112, to and Trey Young throws up 33 points, a plus 13 uh, differential there. And uh, they he went 12 for 23 today, 4 for 5 from free throw. And he actually had uh, 7 assists in the game. Like, you're going to tell me this guy is not all-star material playing on an Atlanta Hawks team? Get yeah, out of here. Get out of here. That, uh, Zach Levine. Yeah, Zach Levine's over here leading the team. No, Trey Young is the team. Like, this, that's that's just a poor snub right there. Yeah, but again, it's like, you know, you got Zach Levine playing for the Chicago Bulls. Gone. Big market, big market team, and that's why he got on with the reserves. Shame. Shame. So, uh, next guy... Mike, what are your thoughts on Bam Adebayo? He's shooting 57% from the field. He's averaging 19, 9, and 5. Uh, here's another guy. He is top 15. He's actually ranked number 15 in fantasy this year. Hmm. So he's definitely a top 24 player. Um, I, I think he should be on the team. Again, it's another guy that's in the Eastern Conference that you could easily, you know, du- you know take some of those Eastern Conference guys off and put on. Bam Adebayo. Yeah, I think he should actually be in. That is a name that kind of stood out to me when I was going through the list of snubs, at least from other people's opinions anyway. Um, and he's got, a, he's got a teammate as well. Both of those guys should probably be have, have had more consideration. So let's keep that in mind. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that he's a potential guy that could be in. But then again, I don't know who I'd remove in this case. All right, so one more guy here. Um, we got to talk about Tobias Harris. Now, here's another guy. Uh, that's already got two players from his team in the All-Star game. So Tobias Harris plays with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Embiid is obviously an MVP candidate. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But Tobias Harris, to my point earlier, he is number 17 in fantasy. So again, a top 24 player that's not on the All-Star team. He's averaging 27 and 3. And so... Uh, there's no way in my mind that he shouldn't be on the All-Star team. If I if I had to pick two Eastern Conference guys, I'd probably go with uh, Trey Young and Chris Middleton. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably three guys that should be replaced on that Eastern Conference. No, and squad. it's a very similar situation with Mike Conley, right? These guys are winning. They're playing great team ball. But as a overall performance, you have two players that are ahead of you, and it's just unfortunate that there's not enough spots. So he, unfortunately, he is the outside looking in, and you know I probably wouldn't take off too many other people uh, to just get him on. Right. All right. So that's I think that's it for the All Star game. Okay. Um, it's should be fun to watch. I mean, it's always fun to watch the game if they actually play it this year. I think uh, somebody said like. If LeBron somehow says that he doesn't want to play, then they won't have it. Then the they game. won't have it, yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to throw these guys out there and uh, have a little fun. But and something we need to talk about, maybe at a different show, is what should they do different with the All Star game, right? So there's all every year we have this conversation. Uh, you know, it's why did this guy get snubbed when he shouldn't, right? So maybe I don't know. Maybe we could talk about ideas and stuff that what they could do different. Maybe it's just skill challenges all week or something like that. Kind of like what the NFL used to do to make it entertaining yeah, for the pro bowl aspect. You're talking about the yeah. NFL. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't even think the NFL did that this year with the pro no, bowl. They, they didn't do anything. I wanted to see some kind of skills competition. They couldn't even pull that out they for some reason. So. That ain't that big a deal. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously the NBA already has the slam dunk competition, the three point and, contest. and things like that. So that's probably their version of a skills competition, it, it, it anyways. Is, but I, I, like I'm saying, instead of having maybe just a game where you're, you know, you got guys like Chris Middleton, Mike Conley, and Trey Young, Devin Burker out. Why not have something where you can get more than just 24 players to participate? Because you have more guys that should be in the talks, at least, or, you know, in the in in the All Star area. Uh, than just what got elected. Yeah, I, I definitely like the them letting the team captains draft the mm-hmm. starters. I mean, I think for for the starters, you should always do that. Correct. But after that, I kind of like the thing that Mike was uh, looking at a little bit earlier, which was uh, um, might have been baseball, but uh, they have a basketball reference yeah. uh, website where they track who's on track to be the league MVP. And what was funny to me was he looked it up and if you just strictly go with stats, Nikola Jokic should be the front runner. But if you look at who the favorite is, uh, Nikola Jokic was only third on the list. So that kind of moves us into our next topic here. Um, I'll just talk about, we're only going to talk about the top three. Um, right now it's LeBron James at plus 150 in the odds. Joel Embiid plus 300 and Jokic is plus 600. Um these guys are having amazing seasons. Um, they're all shooting over 50% from the field. You got LeBron averaging 26, eight and eight. And he, right now, the Lakers are the number three seed. He's got a 68% winning percentage. Um, and then Joel Embiid is averaging 30, 11 and three. Uh, also shooting 85% from the free throw line, which is a lot better than LeBron. Sorry, LeBron. I, I, I don't want to point out his 70% free throw shoot, shooting no, percentage every time on this show. you see but... Kyrie call it out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that was funny. But, that was great. No, I mean, when you, when, you ha- when you have guys that are this close, though, uh-huh. you have to start nitpicking. And you so do. I'm not just trying to be, you know, say, oh, he can only shoot 70% from the field. I'm trying to nitpick here because these three guys are so even – that if there's one thing I can point out, it is the free throw mm-hmm. percentage, and Joel Embiid is destroying him in, in that aspect. And then when you look at Nikola Jokic, he actually has the highest field goal percentage out of the three at 56%. He's averaging 27, 11, and 8, uh, 87% from the line. His problem is uh, Denver is right now the number seven seed. And so that's why we can't just look at stats when you're talking about the MVP. You actually have to win games. And so, I mean, if, unless they can get up to at least, they got to get up to what, the three or four seed for him to have a chance at winning league MVP. But if, if I had to take my pick right now, I would say it's Joel Embiid because a lot of times they want to give it to a guy that's never won it before. But you know, I could also see LeBron getting it. I mean, if, if I had to place a bet, I would say they'd give it to LeBron, especially because Anthony Davis is mm-hmm. injured right now. But if I had a vote, I would say they got to give it to Embiid at this point. So the way that this actually works on the basketball reference that you're talking about with Nicola being number one on their list at a 41% probability at this moment, they say on there that the, uh, the NBA tracker for the award here uh, actually is based on a model built using previous voting results. So the list does not represent the opinion of the site by any means because it is a stat-based website, but rather that these are the players that the voters are likely to be targeting when they do their votes. And LeBron James is currently fifth at a 7% chance of winning MVP. 
based on their calculations with Embiid at second at 17%. So you see a large gap there between Nikola and Joel Embiid uh, going from 41 down to 17, and then Giannis is at 11%. So that's based on their numbers as of right now. So things could obviously change as time goes on. And where did you say LeBron was on the list? He's ranked fifth behind Kahi Leonard. Okay. Kahi. So, Kahi. <laughs> yeah, so that's very interesting. Like the, the odds makers have it flipped. You know, they've got – LeBron, then Joel, then Jokic. So it's interesting that the, uh, the odds makers disagree with that. But uh, you guys have yeah. anything else to add for the MVP before we move on to Rookie of the Year? I just want to mention, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Nicole Jokic is uh, he's on part pace for his best season yet since his second season in the league right now. The guy's averaging 27 points per game, which is the best he's had ever in his career. And then he's also averaging 10.9 rebounds a game and 8.4 assists. So the guy is making moves on the court. It's just unfortunate, like you said, they're, if he, you know, where they stand in the record books, a.k.a. the standings and all that and playoff seeds, could affect his percentage, uh, could affect his chances as MVP. The guy is having an MVP year. He's one of the best this year. Uh, he had a 41-point game against the Trailblazers as well. And the guy's just, he's just blowing up. Yeah, I mean, so this is this is how I would do it. I mean, I would say that you've got to get your team at least into the four seed. Because if you get to the four seed, that means you're going to host a playoff series. If he can't even get from number seven up to number four, if he can't get the Nuggets up to the point where they can host a playoff series, then he's not even going to be considered in my mind. Because you, your team has to win, and they've proven that over the years. If you're on a, a losing team or a team that's not like a, at least like a top five seed, then you're not going to get the award, especially when you got LeBron James in your own Western Conference. Yeah, I think I think the whole LeBron factor is the biggest key. I'm not too, you know, concerned with Joel Embiid. Um, it's more about can you be on the court? Are you playing the games? Right, the guys played 31. He's game started 31, games played 31. So the guy's going to be there. He's going to be on the court and. I mean, that's where Joel Embiid could have an issue and drop out of the race. Yeah, and now, and I actually think that the Anthony Davis injury actually helps LeBron because before that happened, I thought, mm-hmm. well, there's no way in hell they're going to give LeBron this MVP award. They're going to give it to somebody else. But when AD got injured, I was like, okay, now all of a sudden we have this narrative where LeBron is literally carrying the entire team on his back. That's and correct. so that, that's why I think the odd, odds makers have him at number one. That's very correct. Yeah, the AD thing does does help LeBron. Yeah, I think we're, what, 33 games into the season, something like that. So Got a long way to go. Exactly. Well, we're at the, we we're at the to, midway point, basically. May, basically. So May, oh, right. May 20 seconds when the playoffs start. And towards the back end of the year is when things really start to matter the most in the NBA. Correct. We know that. After the All-Star break. All right. So uh, we're just going to touch on this Rookie of the Year award. So LaMelo Ball is still the favorite, minus mm-hmm. 525. Tyrese Halliburton is at plus 600. Um, it's going to be one of those two guys that's going to win this award. Um, when you look at their field goal percentage, Halliburton's shooting 49.5% as a rookie. I mean, that's basically what LeBron James, I bring him up again, that's the measuring stick. His, his field goal percentage is almost as good as LeBron James. He's averaging 13-3-5. Now, LaMelo's averaging 14-6-6, six six, so slightly better on the assists and rebounds. But Halliburton is turning the ball over less. That's another thing I like to look at with rookies. He's only got one and a half turnovers per game, whereas LaMelo Ball is turning it over three times a game. 
Um, you know, you guys all know how I feel about La Mello Ball. That's Team Jordan. He plays for Jordan. He got drafted third. Uh, a lot of people could say he got snubbed. Maybe he should have been drafted number one overall, like Jordan back in the day. But he got picked at that exact same number three pick, just like Jordan. So um, as far as rookie of the year, I mean, if I had to vote right now, I'm going with Tyrese Halliburton, guys. Uh, I have to I have mm. to echo that right now, too. Um, so it's all about are you hurting your team more or are you hurting your team uh, for the good? So Halliburton is uh, – the turnovers thing is the hugest part of it. His percentage is right up there. Um, I, if I have to say, too, this year's race is a lot closer – and less people, less rookies involved than past years. Yeah, there's only really so, two guys that we care yeah, about right now as far as rookies go. Rookies you got yeah. to even focus on right now. Yeah, I mean, I think James Wiseman would have been in the mix, but he's been injured this year, so he hasn't gotten a ton he, of playing he, He's time. been very up and down too. Very, he he looks literally like a yawn yawn player, like even not even a rookie, like a G League guy at times. So it's it's tough, um, but he is learning. He is playing well when he is like when he actually does kind of focus in but it's more staying focused in for him yeah i think uh, wiseman's got a lot of potential but a lot definitely of not gonna be in running for uh rookie, rookie of the year so uh who's your who's gonna be your pick mike because obviously you know that i'm a la mellow ball fan to the core and i just picked tyrese halliburton mm-hmm. for rookie of the year who would you go with you're going against the odds there uh which is pretty interesting because right now the odds online from the most recent poll i've seen anyway has Lamelo at minus 400 to win a rookie of the year, whereas Tyrese Halliburton is at plus 400. So put that out there for you guys. Don't maybe understand what that means. If you put down $100 on the mellow ball at that minus 400, you'd win back only 25 bucks in that case. So it's not like it's going to be big winnings. Meanwhile, in your sake, Jason, you put down 100 bucks on Halliburton, you're going to win $400 if you get a win there. So um, it's definitely going against the grain, but I think that they're very close, but I think the bigger name prevails and it only makes sense for the for the sake of the NBA uh, franchise that Lamelo Ball would, would be the uh, Rookie of the Year uh, at, at this point. So yeah. So just to be clear, I did not say that I was going to bet. Yeah, on no, this. we're not I saying to bet. I'm just going against the odds. If you're going to bet, you always go for the big name, and there's no bigger name out there in rookie land than Lamelo Ball. He could be the future face of the league. And I actually just saw the update. Halliburton's now plus six hundred. So. They moved him down even further on that ranking. Now. Yeah, and the other his issue too is he plays for Sacramento. I mean, I, I, I it's been a while since I've met somebody that actually cares about the Sacramento Kings, so he's got that also working against him. Yeah, that's very true. I think it comes maybe down to playoffs. Who gets in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, like Charlie, we talked about NBA or, M, or the MVP. Playoffs again. Yeah, it's we're still almost to the midway point here of the NBA season, so. Um, I think that that'll be something to watch as time goes forward. And it's LaMelo Ball's job to lose at this point, in my opinion, from the Rookie yeah, of the Year race. That's very fair. All right, what are we jumping over to now, you guys? Maybe why. Tanner? A little bit of uh, NCAA. Tanner wants to talk about NCAA. No, you know, we're going to say the NCAA stuff here. Um, oh, he wants I'm, to wait. I'm, I want to wait here. We, we're trying to, with all the computer issues and stuff, I'm not going to push that today. Uh, I'd like to get our, gu- our guest on. And be able to chat with him around that. So. Yeah, you want to get some good quality Jayhawk time in, I think, is what I, you're trying I, to I do. I really do. Now, Jayhawks were so close, but literally fumbled it out of their hands against Texas. Saw that. Texas beat them horribly uh, the first time around. So I like I like the momentum going the way I like, I like what I'm seeing, but you know we we got we got some room we got some room here. Not, yep. just, not too much room left. 
I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys have to talk about. I have not followed too much NCAA. I know at one point Mizzou was doing well, and then they probably crapped the bed like normal. No, they're, so they're still in the mix, right? Still in the mix. They're still in the top 25. They're going to go to the tournament at least? They're going to the tournament. Not the crappy and tournament, the real have, one. I mean, they'll probably have a four or five seed. Okay. Right? So that's, that's a lot better. That's workable. That's, that's a lot better than what you kind of think. But you know my real team's Texas Tech, yeah, so that's why I need to go. Top 25. Well, they just got they just got beat by K State last night after great. beating getting beat by KU. They've literally gone from number three to out of the top twenty five in less than a week and a half. Yeah, that's not good news. So uh, I don't know if you want to switch back to Missouri or not yet. Uh, time. I'll decide during the tournament and decide who I want to follow the most. <laughs> so let's keep in mind Texas Tech's my my adopted school just because of Patrick Mahomes. I got to be a supporter. So so yes, I, I will save a lot of my NCAA talk here. I don't want to uh, go on it. I'd like to get uh, our guest on uh, to be able to really chat with him about it because I want to get pick his brain, see what he sees as well um, from his outlook. Yeah, let's get him on next week. It's going to be yes. TG, not JG. So let's keep that in mind. It's going to be Troy. It's actually going to be yes. Jason Grison's brother so that's for that's what's going to be going be on fun, yeah. planning at least the really plan fun. for next week anyway he is a big ku jayhawk fan so we'll look forward to having him on there with that especially as i mean that that's that much closer to the tournament time so be great yeah all right well, we're looking forward to see what we got in the week coming up uh tanner we're going to work on some computer things and i think we're going to well, i'm going to make you fit in a brew day with me we're going to make that happen we're going to brew some I got, beer i got this saturday and next saturday Okay, well, it needs to happen sometime soon when we have good weather because uh, it's been a great week so far weather-wise. we got some sunlight it's in the 60s, uh, 50s and 60s at least, so a great day like that. It's been a while. I haven't brewed a beer in 10 months, Tanner. It's been that long for me, and for you, it's, it's been, been even longer. longer. You probably forgot time. the whole process by no, now. No, man, I already know. I, it's like riding a bike. You don't forget it. I tell you what, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I drank a beer that you guys brewed for me. You loved and it. I, I remember going out to the backyard and seeing grass clippings <laughs> in the beer, and that's how we came up with the term Roundup beer. Yeah. You, I thought you guys were spraying Roundup in the beer with well, all the, uh, the hormones and what have you. Tanner, Tanner likes to use Roundup on his oh, yeah, grass. Yeah, I use, I use that, and then I sprinkle it up in the beer. You know. He says that it bur- when it's boiling, it burns it, off it, all the ba- it, it all the bad chemicals. All the chemicals. So. He puts that in there. What else did you put in there, Tanner? Was there something else? Well, was, we well, had like a one time there like was one time there was a fetus at yeah, the bottom yeah, of this. So we are professional beer makers, beer. yeah. <laughs> right in the bottom. We are, put us in the competitions for home brewers, and we will kill it. <laughs> good old grass beer. Oh man, that was a good time. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, you're not helping us. We're trying to be professional here, and we talk about our tomahawk brewing. Uh, beer so going on over here. This, <laughs> this is good. Uh, it's great you brought time. up the, gla- the grass clippings. But, but. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll have to discuss that here. Uh, you know, like I told you, Mike, we'll we'll find out. It'll be this Saturday or next Saturday. We'll, we'll get it in. All right. Well, that'd be good. So it is getting late out there, ladies and gentlemen. So we are going to call it quits for the evening. And those of you listening in the morning, thank you very much for tuning in. And Tanner JG, thank you guys once again for joining along with me. And I will see you guys on the next one. See you guys. JG, I am out. <laughs>